and he's now, they are now based in England and they go around the world preaching uh, about end times and, and the Word of God. He, he used to be the principal of Harvest Bible College. Let's put our hands together. Give him a warm welcome. Thank you. Okay, good morning everyone and good morning, FGA. And I do remember when FGA was born because uh, some of you were my students and you were telling me, yes, Pastor Roland and Evelyn are coming from Canada. Canada. <laughs> I'm a, oh, you were coming from America, but did, you studied in Canada. Oh, excuse me, you're Virginia Beach. Yeah, wrong regent. Okay, coming from America. And they were going to start this church called FGA. So I was hearing about it. And then my eyes did see it. And of course, there was the camp and several key visits. So it's good to be with you. We are on the second of 58 meetings across Australia in the coming 10 weeks. This tour is called Understanding the Times Tour. And what is the purpose of Understanding the Times? It's very simple. First Chronicles 12.32. And of the children of Issachar, which were men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. It's very simple, friends. If you will know what is going on, not just what, but why, then God will download to you what you need to do. Friends, there are leaders today, intelligent, sincerely motivated people who are looking at the future and they actually don't know what to do. When you consider things like war on terror, ballooning deficits, clashes in the South China Sea, not yet. What, what do you do about these things? Fortunately, there is an answer. Now, some people live such busy lives, they don't want to hear about anything beyond the four walls. Others are so insecure, they want to retreat into their safe space. Neither of these is very wise. The wise thing to do is, of course, draw close to God and take opportunity of the prophetic early warning services he is offering in this day. That's what we're doing. We're working with Vision Christian Media, have been for the last five years, across Australia, doing multiple meetings in various places. So we'll be in all the mainland states, capital cities, and regional areas, and so on and so forth. So this is the 58th, sorry, the second of 58 meetings. Because it's Sunday, prime time, we condense the message or at least give you some of the highlights. But I want to warmly invite you to come hear the full-blown presentation, which is this year, Four Cities That Shake the World. You're going to learn a little bit more about shaking, but don't worry about being shaken. I'm going to show you how you can be unshakable if you will do what the Lord says. Four cities, that's London, Washington, Canberra, and Jerusalem. Remember, London is facing the biggest challenge in 75 years, and it's called Brexit. And we get a front row seat, Leanne and I, being in the UK at least part of the year, uh, that we're domiciled there for, for the time being for the season. We're essentially missionaries to Europe. And so we look forward to that. And then, of course, Washington, we have Donald Trump, who hasn't, by the way, he didn't cause the turmoil. He is the with proverbial stick being poked into a hornet's nest that's already been there. 
But there's very fun, amazing things happening out of Washington that, of course, you will not hear through normal mainstream means. And then, of course, there's Canberra, needs no introduction here. And then, of course, Jerusalem, which is my specialty. So I want to welcome you to two, one of two events this coming week, tomorrow night. Could you turn the slide, please? Tomorrow night in Bayswater, or for those in the West, we do have a meeting in Keilor East. It's the same, same thing, the same principle. So uh, tomorrow night, Bayswater at the Breakthrough Christian Church, 31 Michelin Court in Bayswater, and then Thursday night, 7.30, at the Brimbank Anglican Church, 18 Cemetery Road in Keilor East. That's the main event. Something else we're doing, very one of a kind, and that is we are having a special seminar this coming Saturday called The Burdensome Stone. It's hosted by Shalom Israel. It's not a one or one and a half hour event like Understand Times. It is a 10 to 5 service, which gives you plenty of time to race over to the 25th anniversary uh, celebration, I trust. Now, the, this seminar is going to talk about Jerusalem. Friends, Jerusalem is the number one foreign policy issue, which absolutely makes no sense when you think it's a city of under a million people with no natural resources, no strategic location, and yet, uh, and a handful of holy sites. And yet, this city commands more international attention than anywhere else. It's going to be in the news more and more. Come this coming Saturday to the Shalom Israel event in North Blackburn. You do need to register. There is a payment for it because it's all day long. But learn about why it's so important. You will not only learn more about the scripture from this event, you will also never read the newspaper the same again. You will get insight that still eludes so many. So that is the burdensome stone Jerusalem in the Last Days Seminar of Shalom Israel. We do have a flyer for that at the resource table. And a couple other quickies. I'll make it as quick as I can. Because we're working with vision, we want to offer two free services. One is this word for today. This is uh, their devotional read by a million people across the world with the late Bob Gass as the author. I have been using this for 10 years. Not only the devotional, but the Bible reading program, 10 years. Now, if a Bible teacher recommends a devotional, I hope you can see that it is valuable. You can get this sent to your home. There's no charge, and there's a form for that. At the same time, Teach All Nations offers Issachar teaching e-letter, so it does require an email. And we do it every month, teaching on the Bible, Victorious Christian Living, and Current Events in the Light of God's Word. So those are two services we offer. And... <clears throat> So there is a form, uh, sign-up form on that. One other thing, we've got resources coming out of our ears. Just like you have a plethora of food items, we have a plethora of resources. We have books, we have DVDs, we have audio MP3. Now, who's MP3 familiar? Put your hands up. Anybody over 30 that's MP3 familiar? Just, okay, two people. Friends, I just want to say MP3 is a gift from God. It's a gift from God because you can get hours of audio on one CD. Hours and hours. And you say, well, look, I don't know how. I'm technophobic. Well, then grab that under 30-year-old. They'll set you up very quickly, and you can listen to all kinds of teaching that will help you in your 
Christian walk. This is on the culture war, and we'll talk more about that tomorrow night at Bayswater and Keylor. But the culture war will explain all the crazy things that are going on in our world today, and furthermore, what you can do about it. We're just not helpless pawns. We also have, a, quickly, many things out there, but a brand new four-part series on the last days called Peaks of Prophecy. If you're hungry for prophecy with printable PDF notes, audio and notes, this is for you. You, you know, you could go to Bible college and spend over $1,000 studying Bible prophecy, and you're getting the same thing for under $100 so for the four parts I'm talking about. And I have three books, Book of Revelation, White Horse Coming. We have Today, Tomorrow, which is current events and God's Word and the culture war and postmodernism and what is the church. And I also have this brand new book, the same title, Burdensome Stone. No, the book is not a substitute for the seminar and the seminar is not a substitute for the book. Jerusalem's a big topic, so it's available. I'm just holding this for the second day in a row. I haven't seen it printed until yesterday. So all that's available for $20 each or get five and the extra six piece is for free. Thank you very much for that. Friends, I want to talk to you. It was advertised, I don't know what, that I was going to do Psalm 2 or Revelation, what have you. But what I'm going to do is going to be very much related to those topics. I want to talk to you about our day, what is happening and why. And one of the things that's happening, I don't know if you've noticed, but things are getting a little bit wild and woolly out there in the public square, particularly in the United States, but not just limited there. For example, more incivility in the United States. They, uh, we're talking about Congress people telling people to harass the opposite side in public places, in restaurants, and the like. You have a group of people who don't want to even hear the other side. Have you heard of freedom of speech and public discord? Well, forget all that. They actually, no, they don't just protest. They try to close down meetings if the person who's speaking is going to say something they don't want to hear. There is also other uncivil acts happening, not just protests, but closing things down, drive-by shootings, mass shootings, friends, we're living in the last days. And in the last days, perilous times come. But last days is not all about doom and gloom. If you think it is, that's very one-dimensional. The better way to describe the last days is called a time of contrast. That's the better way, not doom and gloom, contrast, which means that the dark will get darker but the light will get brighter. The wicked will become more wicked, more depraved, more vile, but the righteous will shine like stars in the sky. And in the last days, and this is prophesied, there will be falling away, apostasy, compromise, worldliness in Christendom, yet concurrently, simultaneously, there'll be the biggest revivals the world has ever seen. It's really like the wheat and the tares. They will grow side by side, and then comes the harvest and the great separation. 
I want to speak to you about what is called the great shaking. And we have a choice, friends, whether to be shaken or whether to be on the rock. So with that, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to learn about shaking and how to be unshakable. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm reading out of the authorized version, Hebrews 12, 25 to 29. And it reads, See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, how much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Father, we thank you for your wonderful word, which is life unto those that find it, and health, healing, medicine to all their flesh. We thank you for an open heaven and above FGA and above your church across this nation. We pray that your light will shine that the darkness will flee, that we will have a means of walking on the right pathway, the path of the just. And God, I pray that people will not go away discouraged or heavy, but they will go away encouraged and light, provided that they do what you say. And we thank you. You make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert for those that trust in you with all their heart all of the time, through Jesus Christ the Lord, we pray. And the people of faith said, Amen. Amen. Yes, we're going to learn about the great shaking. It's one of those signs. And please note that God is not threatening to shake. He is promising to shake. Because for the believer, this is not something menacing. It is something to look forward to. Now, you may wonder, how can that be? Who on earth likes to be shaken? Well, who said we personally will be shaken? It depends where we're located. It depends on our attitude. It depends on our mindset, our lifestyle, and so on. But let me back up for a moment. Hebrews 12 is parroting or cross-referenced to Haggai chapter 2, verses 6 to 9. In other words, Hebrews 12 is quoting from Haggai. And Haggai says that God is going to shake once more the heavens, the earth, the sea, the dry land, and all nations. When God does this, it's actually very wonderful what happens next. It tells us that the house of the Lord is going to be filled with God's glory. In other words, preceding the glory comes the shaking. 
And when that happens, of course, it's going to be wonderful. Now, how is God going to shake? Is he taking his big hands and rattling back and forth? Apparently, God is going to instigate shaking hands-free. How does he say? Through his voice. It tells us that in Hebrews 12. Whose voice then shook the earth. I come from Middle East background. In fact, I was welcomed yesterday by the Messianic pastor as his favorite Arab. I've never been called that before. <laughs> the favorite Arab. And Middle East people are renowned for many things, wonderful cooking, hospitality, warm and family-orientated, and loud voices. My uncle, my late uncle, Fahmi, nice Arab name, he had such a ferocious voice, you could hear him screaming from virtually a block away, almost as if it was in your ear, and he's a block away. And though he wasn't even yelling at me, he's yelling to my, my cousin, his son, that's standing next to me, I was exceedingly fearful and quaking at the sound of that loud voice. Well, guess what? God's from the Middle East too. <laughs> Psalm 29, verses 4 and 5, the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars, yea, the cedars of Lebanon. God speaks, those cedars turn into toothpicks as a result. Friends, God is speaking. And that's part of why we have shaking in our world today. What is the purpose of the shaking, by the way? The purpose of the shaking, according to Hebrews 12, is very simple and very wonderful. The shaking is removing all the temporal kingdoms, or in other words, the kingdoms of this world, to make room for the unshakable, eternal kingdom of Christ, or what we call the messianic kingdom. Now, amazingly, this should be the most wonderful news you can imagine, but not all Christians like hearing this. Why wouldn't you want to see God's kingdom come? Isn't that what you're praying for every time you recite the Lord's Prayer? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And then when God sends the kingdom, you want to duck for cover. I still remember years ago when the rumor happened, there was a book out in America, of course, from America, saying that Jesus was going to come that very year. And normally Aussies are skeptical. And it's a healthy skepticism. Well, this time, the Aussies weren't skeptical. Even they were falling for it. And I still remember one man said, I can't have the Lord come this year. I can't have the Lord come this year. Well, why? Why can't the Lord come this year? I'm so busy. <laughs> By the way, in your part of the world, if ever there's a phrase I've heard more than any other, it's that one. I'm so busy. Friends, when you're too busy for Jesus to come back, you're too busy. And furthermore, I didn't know he needed our permission to return. All right. Well, anyway, the shaking is so to make room for the kingdom. Another purpose, not said directly, but you see, most people, most people are not ready for tomorrow. They're not ready for the future. They are future unready. 
That's why we offer this prophetic early warning service to help people become future ready. So they're not caught off guard. So they're not on the hop. So they're not living in fear and dread and anxiety. The truth is, friends, that for people sold out to Jesus, he commands them, fear not. 63 times in the Bible it says, fear not. The only fear you need, friends, is the fear of the Lord. And the good thing is this, the fear of the Lord cancels out all other fears. I didn't hear one amen, Pastor Roland. I say it again because it's true. The fear of the Lord cancels out all other fears. Get, you know, why not embrace the fear of the Lord and all those little phobias and fears and anxieties? They go. They do go. So it's, it's a deal too good to refuse. The end result, oh, by the way, let me finish. Most people are either sleeping or drunken, according to 1 Thessalonians 5. Most. And most of us have been in that state too. The shaking is the mercies of God to wake up the sleepers and sober up the drunkards. Not all will wake up. Not all will sober, but many will. It's part of preparing for end time revival. So the end result is the house of God will be filled with glory. Jerusalem will be the place of true and permanent peace. And the, un, and the shakeable kingdoms will be replaced by the unshakable kingdom. Or as Revelation eleven fifteen says, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord in Christ. Let me give you a quick tour of the history of shaking. Many of these things come from God, but not all. The devil also is able to shake. He is no match for God he is not, how should you say, of equal power or stature. No way, no how. But he does have some power. So let me recite to you. The first shaking I can think of, apart from the fall of humanity, was when God revealed his law on Mount Sinai. The fact that God's word, his law, was made known to man, the highest, most wonderful, most spiritual uh, most sublime ethical, spiritual, legal standard you could imagine to the point that when it was given, the ground shook. Moses' face shined so much he had to wear a veil. Now, I've heard, of, you know, we're all familiar with women wearing veils, but this is a man wearing a veil because the glory of the old covenant was that bright. But it shook. The second shaking I can think of was at Calvary when Jesus, the Son of God, died for our sins. There was an earthquake. There was a physical earthquake, but believe me, even more so, a spiritual earthquake. The physical earthquake was so great, according to the Gospel of Matthew, some of the dead bodies came out of the tombs and appeared to many. It's just one or two verses, and we have no further information. But that's the second shaking. Seven weeks later came the third shaking, and that was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. I don't know if you're aware of this, but that particular event of Acts 2 was the beginning of the Christian church. It was the church's birthday. And what a wonderful event 
That was. And then a few centuries later came another shaking, the birth of Islam. I've had to live with this all my life. It's an important topic. And to keep it very short, in the 7th century, there was a man called Muhammad. 100 years later, there was created the biggest empire the world had seen, ever, except briefly the Mongols were slightly bigger. And the residue of that empire we still have till now. It's 57 Muslim-majority countries. They are too important to ignore. And then the next shaking was the Reformation. Oh, friends, praise God for the Reformation. There was one church split that came from God. Not all church splits are from God. This one was from God. And it came because the Bible, the precious, wonderful Bible, and I'm ultra-Orthodox about the Bible, friends. Yes, I ran a Bible school. I'm a Bible teacher. But let me tell you, I came from an unchurched family, and I came to faith because I discovered the Bible a Gideon's Bible on my family bookshelf, took it off the shelf, 15 years old, King James Version, and I devoured it. I wasn't particularly a good student when I started reading the Bible, but I became a top student after I started reading the Bible. So the Bible is of the utmost importance. The Bible was made available in the language of the people, and that started a reformation. The just shall live by his faith. That's revolutionary. So we thank God for Luther, Calvin, Zwingli, and all the other reformers. But there's something else not so well known. Martin Luther, who was the, you know, the, the most famous of the reformers, remember he was a bachelor, a celibate monk. And as he studied the Bible, he was convinced that it wasn't good for man to be alone. You needed a helpmeet. So guess what he did? He got married. He broke his vows and got married. But he did more than just get married. He did more than just procreate, or as you said, be fruitful, Pastor Roland. He did more than that. He taught on it. He wrote and he taught about marriage and family. He taught that polygamy is wrong, we have to be husband of one wife because, after all, how many Eves did God make for Adam? How many Eves did Adam need? One. Okay, took a while, but we got the answer. <laughs> Looked like you had to pray about that answer. <laughs> one Eve for an Adam or husband of one wife. You may not be aware, and I wasn't aware too recently, but the New Testament stands alone in advocating monogamy in marriage. Not even the Old Testament stands up for monogamy. Just ask Father Abraham and Father Jacob and King David and Solomon with 700 wives. It's definitely not pushing monogamy. The New Testament is unique. And Luther's teaching on monogamy and marriage and family was revolutionary. Western civilization is based on monogamy and the culture of the cross. And 
what is the, by the way, it takes the grace of God for monogamy, especially because you're a husband of one wife, this is it, and if you fight with your wife, you can't get a mistress, that's unbiblical, you can't divorce her because you don't like her, that's not biblical, so what do you do? You have to come into the grace of God and work it out. So it takes grace, but the fact is, monogamy empowers men because behind the good man is a good woman, but it also empowers women. And women are vital for building a great society. Any other form of relationship, especially polygamy, but there's others too, do, does not empower women. It degrades women and doesn't help men either. So this reformation helped lay the foundation of the prosperous West that's been going on for 500 years. It was a shaky. I dare say Martin Luther may be the most influential person of the last thousand years, just for that alone. And then, 1906, another shaking, Azusa Street. Azusa Street. Latter-day outpouring of the Holy Spirit, of which FGA is a beneficiary. One out of every 10 people walking on this planet is a product of Azusa Street. That's no exaggeration. Praise God for that. But there have been other shakings, like the sinking of the Titanic. That shook the world, not just the 2,200 passengers on that stricken ocean liner. The Great War, World War I, big shaking that killed at least 60,000 soldiers just from Australia alone. After the Great War, the whole world changed, and then we had the influenza pandemic. Killed more people in the pandemic than killed in the world war. That's a shaking, friends. And then we had the Great Depression, followed by the Second World War. All of this is a shaking. After the Second World War was the Cold War. And we still have residue of Cold War. We still have a communist China, North Korea, and Cuba. And now we're in a strange age. Thank God the Cold War finished. But it's getting strange. Strange events, strange attitudes, it's just bizarre. But we're in a strange age where we had 9-11, so the war on terror. We have lots of strange natural disasters. And then we had global financial crisis, GFC. Don't confuse with KFC, okay? It's GFC, and it was bad. But you see, it's a strange age because we call evil good, and we call good evil. People prefer fantasy over fact, rhetoric over reality, charisma over character, style over substance. Abnormal, I mean abnormal, is the new normal. Intolerance is the new tolerance. And worst of all, common sense has been beaten senseless, is on life support. They're about to turn it off. And in its stead, we have nonsense. Welcome to our strange age. And my question is this, friends. How do you respond to this wild, wacky world we're now in? To this great shaking? Or better still, how do you get out of earthquake country and find yourself on the solid rock? I'll keep it simple and short for a time. It's this. It started off in Hebrews 12. See that you refuse not him 
who speaks. In other words, if you don't want to be shaken, it's time to say yes to God. If you say no, or if you say wait, or if you think you're going to negotiate a special deal with the Almighty, forget it. Let your yes be yes, and your no be no, knowing that either way there are consequences. See that you refuse not him who speaks. I study Proverbs. I've even written a book on Proverbs. I don't know if it may be out there. But wisdom is not just being clever and cunning and smart. Wisdom is saying yes to God. That is the wisest thing you can do, bar none. And to say no to God is the most foolish thing you can do, bar none. Jesus said it so well at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, 24 to 27. He says, if you hear these sayings of mine and do them, you're a wise man. You're building your house on the rock. Winds, sorry, not the winds. Rains descend, (laughs) floods rise, winds beat on that house, and it keeps standing. But people who don't do what Jesus says. He calls them foolish people. They're building their house on the sand. So when the same winds, waves, and floods come, no more house. If we're going to be future ready, by the way, I, was, I just saw this man a few days ago, but he's on the radio in the U.S. He's very smart. He knows 10 times as much as I do. And he was, he's telling all this doom and gloom stuff about the economy. He's a Christian and doing similar work than what we do. And I said, what do I tell people if I convey this information to them? He says, it's simple. Two words. Trust God. You learn to trust God by hearing his voice and doing what he says. Because wise, future-ready people always say yes to Jesus. And that when you say yes to Jesus, you're no longer on the sinking quicksand, you're on the rock. Remember Christianity 101, repentance. Without it, no salvation, no revival. Christianity 101, forgiveness. You have to forgive others if you want God to forgive you. I am appalled at how many unforgiving Christians I meet. Now, friends, I come from the Middle East. Uh, I'm an American, but my answer from the Middle East, where they can hold a grudge for thousands of years. And I've learned to let go. I've learned to forgive. Because you can't move on until you do. If you don't forgive, you're building a prison around yourself. Nobody's imprisoning you. You're imprisoning yourself. Yes, you need grace to forgive. But there's plenty of it out there. We have to learn to forgive. We have to learn to repent. And we have to learn to say yes. Some of you have been sitting on the call of God, waiting to make your fortune, pay off your mortgage, educate your children, get everything in order, and then when you're about 95, I'm ready, God, to serve you. That is the most foolish thing. I'm sorry, but it is the most foolish thing you could do. 
I, I used to say to myself, God, uh, you know, I want to travel for you, so I'm going to defer marriage, marriage for years and years because I want to travel for you. And I just figured if I married, I could never travel. I'd be marooned. I'd be landlocked. I'd be, you know, could do. I have, no, God told me you get married now and leave the, the bills to me. I have traveled more, far more as a married man than as a single guy. Far more. And I'm glad I have a portable wife that comes with me. <laughs> No, she comes, she's a part, I'm telling you, we couldn't do this ministry without Leanne. So it's important, friends. You want to be on the rock, you want to be unshakable, you want to partner with God and do some shaking, learn to repent, learn to forgive, learn to trust, learn to obey. With that in mind, we need to pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for showing us there is a shaking. You're behind the shaking. But we don't have to be shaken up by any shaking. You have provided a rock, a sure foundation, a place of refuge, a cave of Adullam or Adulam, a hiding place, a Joseph's storehouse, a Rahab's scarlet cord. You have provided this for us. And it's freely available, provided we refuse not you who speaks. It's freely provided if we'll do what Jesus says. Father, I pray for your supreme blessing on FGA, on Pastor Chris, Pastor Roland, all the faithful people, some of them 25 years in this church. Thank you for the work you've raised up. And I pray for their prophetic and missional fulfillment that is on their hearts to do. But I also ask whether they are FGA people or visitors this day, I am praying they will hear the message of the shaking rather than being fearful that what they're actually seeing are the birth pangs of a coming kingdom. And they need to rejoice in it. They need to tell others about it. They need to be ready and help the others to do likewise. And it comes by saying yes to the word of God. May there be many obedient people in this place this morning. And let your word be received with good soil hearts so that there'll be 30, 60, and 100 fold fruit. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. And friends, before we, I hand back, don't, we're not done. This morning, if the Lord has spoken to you, you need to respond. You actually need, don't wait until you've had your Hainanese chicken rice or whatever. Chicken rice can wait. This is God's time. It's God's time. This morning, if God has spoken to you to repent, to forgive, to obey, to restore whatever it is. Don't look around, friends. I want you to put up your hand because I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for the grace of God to come on you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for those who are responding. I know there's a heck of a lot more. <laughs> Can I just say, don't worry what the neighbors think. The only one you need to concern yourself, what does God think? Put your hand, keep your hands up, okay? Let me pray. Father, for those who have responded this morning, I thank you far from any regrets that they will have for responding. There's going to be rejoicing 
not regrets. Father, loose ends are being tied up right now. Missing pieces of the puzzle are being identified and snapped into place. People who have built a bit of dysfunction, of tiredness, of anxiety, all of that is blowing away as the Holy Spirit wind comes through. And Lord, you honor those who say yes. You honor those who obey you. You honor those that put kingdom and God and righteousness first. I pray, give the miracles, breakthroughs, blessing very quickly so that they will be a role model for others to follow on the rock. And we thank you for this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Thank you very much, FGA, and happy 25th.